0: A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Hi, this is Yishan. Nice to see you again. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep i don't know whether you had this experience before yesterday i had a really big dinner and turned out i could not sleep very well and that make me think about the relationship between food and our sleep our guest today christine started a vegan diet since 2015. she currently lives in new york and works as an insurance broker actor and singer So she used her own experience to share with us how this vegan diet and how to change her relationship with food has impacted her life a lot. Hi, Christine. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I remember last time we chat, you taught me so much about the relationship between food and life. I know you're on a special diet right now. Can you share with us what made you choose to be on a vegetarian diet? So I actually
1: follow a vegan diet now and um I have been a vegan for gosh like four and a half years at this point, almost five. It has directly impacted um my like the correlation between me listening to my body and what it needs rather than just kind of blindly doing what, you know, you think you're supposed to do, eat, sleep, you know, functioning. Um, because uh, the vegan diet is, it's becoming more popular now. Um, but when I first started, um, I wasn't really sure what I needed to do and, and what was going to be necessary in order for my body to function properly, getting all of the proper nutrients um, and protein, et cetera, in my body. What I had to do is I had to listen to it. So I remember when I first decided to cut out meat and dairy from my diet, I I remember I I was craving a hamburger. I thought to myself, okay, there's something that I need. Why do I want a hamburger? What what is what is important in that 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 I would need? And um, the first thing that I thought of was probably iron. My pro- my body probably needed iron. So okay, where can I get iron from? Um, spinach, kale, salads. That's an important thing. And maybe protein so why don't we throw some beans in there and why don't we kind of just experiment and then just see how we feel after consuming it see if I still have the craving um so that's what I started to do I just started to kind of experiment in those ways and see if the cravings went away for those like you know specific foods and they did um and now I I feel better than I've ever felt before and I've also just discovered how to listen to myself like listen to my body listen to what it needs in order to you know get the essentials and now when I am lacking in something my body tells me it's like I'm on a dimmer or something uh when you know if I'm missing you know b12 or something like that's necessary my body will let
0: me know so it's been really really effective in helping me listen to myself Oh, that's awesome. And I think that's actually quite hard to do, right? To really understand our body, know what our body is telling us. Our body, I think, always sends us signals about nutrition, about sleep, about any signals, health in general. But a lot of us, we don't know how to listen to our body. But it sounds like you are understanding your body better and better. Absolutely. And and it's because of the of the drastic change that I made, because I think we're all used to
1: just kind of going through the motions. We know that we have to eat. Um, we know that we have to sleep, so we just do what kind of we're told to do. You know how there are some, some people say uh, that sometimes if you think that you're hungry, it might be that you're dehydrated. You just actually need water, but we mistake it for hunger. We don't really know what our bodies are need, uh, need because we don't pay attention. What I discovered was I was forced to pay more attention when I did this drastic switch. And because I had decided to go vegan for ethical reasons, for uh, you know, treatment of animals, it became, this is going to sound horrible to say, but it was easier for me to make the switch. I feel like if I had made the switch for, for kind of just dietary reasons, like, oh, I think that I want to, you know, lose weight or I want to do something for myself. I, I don't think I would have stuck with it, which sounds horrible to say, but um, because I had kind of a different um, kind of moral obligation
0: to, to go through with it.
1: I um I stuck with it and it it really taught me a lot about myself. I hope that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I really actually admire your courage to um to do that for the moral reason. I know for myself, no matter how I feel about animals, I just uh, it's hard for me to change my diet like that. Um but I sure. always hear people talk about that if you are vegan, you are super healthy you are super, uh, health aware. I- is that true? No,
1: not necessarily. Let's, let's be, very, let's be very clear <laughs> here. Um, there, um, yes, but there are many vegans and and some of whom I know very well who are incredibly healthy and who lead, you know, wonderful, healthy, holistic lifestyles. Um, I try to aspire to that, but There are definitely, it's very easy to be an unhealthy vegetarian or vegan because you could arguably eat like, you know, a loaf of bread for every meal and that's vegan. It's not healthy, but it's technically vegan. I mean, Oreo cookies are technically vegan, um, weirdly enough. And you could eat those for every meal. So you, you do have to really want to live a, a, a healthy lifestyle and you really do have to want to make sure that your body is giving everything, getting everything that it needs um, because it is very easy and I am guilty of this sometimes too when you just don't feel like, you know, putting the right things in your body. I'm guilty like anybody else is of just being like, I just want ice cream. <laughs> I'm going to go get some, yes. you know, vegan ice cream and just eat that.
0: <laughs> right, um, so, vegan ice cream,
1: huh? Oh my gosh! Yes, especially now in 2019, there are some incredible um, vegan ice creams, and I'm now starting to get some of my non-vegan friends and my boyfriend and um, my family members to kind of jump on that train because people are coming so far with vegan options. I'm using cashew milk uh, in ice cream rather than um, cow's milk, and um, they've come so far that I've I've, I've got some converts <laughs> who now actually prefer it. So wow. it's very cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so sounds like even you have a vegan diet, you could be very unhealthy and sounds like you could still consume a lot of sugar which can get in the way oh, yeah. of any health issues and sleep issues. Absolutely, and I feel it. I think
1: because I because of switching the diet and because I have started to pay more attention to my body, you know, consciously pay more attention when I am eating poorly, I feel it acutely. Um, my body does tell me and it does reflect in how much sleep I get, how restful sleep that I get. Uh, you know, this journey, this, this, uh, the past, you know, almost five years has definitely taught me that everything is connected. How I eat, what I put in my body is going gonna, is gonna to affect my concentration. It's going to affect my work. It's going to affect my sleep. And uh, I feel it. I feel it. It's, a, it's an acute discomfort when I don't get what I need.
0: Yeah, this is exactly a great example of how important self-awareness is. We all eat Mm -hmm. so many things every day, but a lot of us, we just don't feel anything about our body. We don't get the signals. Our body keeps on sending signals, tell us what is good for us, what is not. But a lot of us just block it away and just go ahead and do whatever we feel like. Uh, we are happy to eat, like drinking a lot of Coke.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really, it's funny actually that we're having this interview today because um, just this past week, I got very little sleep on one night. It it was, you know, circumstances beyond my control, but I didn't end up being able to go to bed until, you know, 3.30 in the morning and I had to wake up um, quite early the next day. And the entire next day – not only was I irritable and just felt plain exhausted as anybody would feel, but I also um, found that I was blindly eating um, i was I was kind of just like I, I just wanted I, and I had heard of this before like you just when you are sleep deprived you tend to just crave carbohydrates and junk food more, yes. so that's what I was putting in my body the whole day, like while I was working, while I was sitting at my desk and working i was I was eating most of the day, which exacerbated the exhaustion because it was not good food I was putting in my body. And it took me a couple of days to kind of get myself where I felt somewhat back on track. And I still feel like I'm recovering from that a little bit. Um, You know, even I don't know how many days later, it's been four or five days where I'm still, I'm still trying to kind of get myself back on the schedule because that one night I got like, you know, maybe three, three, four hours of sleep Um, and the whole week was shot because of it.
0: So nice. it is
1: really interesting how it directly affects your diet, it affects um, your mood, it affects, it affected everything about my week, that one isolated night that I didn't get enough.
0: Yes, exactly. And actually diet and sleep, health and mood are so closely related. There are a lot of research out there uh, talking about that. And when people are not sleeping well, either sleep deprivation or uh, they suffer from some um, symptoms of insomnia, people get irritable. It's a common symptom of insomnia. And then to exacerbate that a little bit, I think um, –
1: And I know that you and I had briefly discussed this, you know, prior to the interview. Um, When I get to that point where, you know, you get those cravings, um, you know, when I was younger, when I was in my 20s, very early 20s, um, I had uh, an eating disorder. I had anorexia. And um, it was not something that I ended up being hospitalized for, thankfully. um, But it was something that very much affected my life. At the time, I was a professional um, singer, dancer, actress. Um, and it, it definitely even all, and, and, you know, blessedly I have come, you know, leaps and bounds, um, since then. And I feel like I've got a much more joyful relationship with food, um, which I'm very grateful for, but it is funny how those little triggers sometimes come back when, when you least expect it, because I did notice on that day that I had, you know, when I was blindly eating and I was just exhausted and I was irritable, et cetera that feeling of guilt crept over me too. Like, oh no, you know what, you know, I'm putting all of this stuff into my body. It's going to make me gain weight. What's that going to be like? You know, those, those feelings kind of popped up again that I had to kind of take, I had to clock, I had to notice that and say, okay, well, that's okay that you have those feelings, Let's let's have that feeling and then let's move on. And, you know, happily I was able to do so, but it really is incredible to know how Everything is so interconnected and we just take all of that for granted until you kind of are forced to look at them, you know, one by one
0: and and um, kind of assess what you're going to do about it. This guilt. I know a lot of young women nowadays from teenagers and uh, college students do really suffer from eating disorder or this guilt about how they look what they eat they keep on evaluating themselves criticizing themselves it's a big drive for a lot of dysfunctional behaviors in life
1: oh absolutely and you add on the um and it's it's a form of not taking care of yourself of course you know depriving your your body um but i i do remember your I do remember very clearly back, you know, in, when I was in the, the thick of, of having this eating disorder and, you know, somewhere in my brain knowing that I was, something was very wrong, but really refusing to acknowledge it. I do remember specifically one night waking up in the middle of the night, my body wasn't letting me sleep um, because it needed nutrients. It needed food that I was depriving it of. And, um, you know, I remember I had, um, you know, a fat, a small fat-free yogurt in my refrigerator. Um, that was like all that I had because I didn't keep food in my, in my refrigerator. And I, you know, very quickly tried to put that in my body and, you know, and in, in the hopes that it would help me get to sleep, um, even though it was like, you know, a pittance of like 90 calories or something like that. Um, something in my body knew that it was, you are not, you need something. Something needs to go in your body and it needs to happen now. You're sick. So, it, it, your, your body does give you the signals. It's just whether or not you are going to pay attention to the signals and really focus on them and, and really try to see what is it that I actually need right now, rather than just kind of ignoring, which I think we tend to do. We ignore the signals that we need to sleep, we ignore the signals that maybe we need something other than, you know, ice cream for dinner. Um, but when you start to pay attention to it, it really just kind of changes everything.
0: Yes. Yes. Definitely, the signal from our body, and the, it's from mm-hmm. our um, self-protection mechanism, right? We we need to survive. We need to be healthy. So uh, our behavior actually is monitored by our brain, and our brain keep on sending all these signals to us when it detects something is not right about the body. And but we, if we are so caught up in this guilt, in this mindset in in all this mood, we just we got blind absolutely, and I think that it's more common, at least
1: you know in my experience, that we have those blinders on um I would say arguably more in America than anywhere else. I don't How have so. any <laughs> expertise to back that up mm-hmm. but I think we are so, at least to the people that I'm surrounded by, and this is, this is just, and this is kind of how we're raised too, is, you know, it's get things done. We work really hard. And I think that that's so important. I'm a hard worker myself, but, um, I am slowly discovering that I think we're doing that to our own detriment. Um, we wear like lack of sleep. I used to be this person where we would wear lack of sleep as kind of a badge of honor. Like, oh, I only got four hours of sleep last night because you know I was working or I was doing this it's almost like a point of pride um yes. versus no, that's actually horrible, and you're completely ruining the rest I, the rest of your week when you when you when you only get that much sleep but, you know i don't I know that i don't function properly like i I know that i don't i'm not going on all cylinders when um when I am sleep deprived or when i am hungry and I'm, you know, depriving myself of food or whatever, like we, but I think we tend to um, do that naturally. It's not something that we take seriously enough, I, I, I don't think. As a matter of fact, it might almost be like, well, if, if you get more than eight hours of sleep a night, well, you're just living in the lap of luxury, aren't you? When it's kind of like, well, no, aren't I just kind of taking care of myself? <laughs> You know, like it's yeah. not, it shouldn't be a luxury. It should be something that's essential. And I just don't think we look at it that way, at least not in my immediate
0: surroundings. Exactly. Just think about my past, right? Before I entered the field of sleep, I did the same thing. I never really even thought about I need to prioritize my sleep. If I had to work, I had to study, I have to, you know, catch up some deadline. Sleep is the first thing to go. I stay up late. I just uh, finish whatever I have to finish. You know, sleep suffers. That's fine. I never thought it's important. Yeah, and I still don't. I mean, I still do that. I
1: mean, to this day, like I, I I will I absolutely have done it before. Will probably do it again. But I am trying my very best to to tell myself, you know, it's maybe don't do that because it's very important. And I feel it more acutely. I think maybe as we get older. Um, we just feel things more acutely. I used to be able to, when I was in college, I used to be able to go out till 4am and get up for a a 9am ballet class (laughs) um, in college. And I, and I felt fine. Like I was like, oh, we're good. And now, um, it's not so easy (laughs) to do something like that. So I think we do feel
0: it more acutely as we get older too. Yeah, other than, you know, sacrificing sleep, I also notice I don't know whether it's American thing because I did not grow up in America. I came to America, I find out why people don't eat three meals a day. I eat, mm. I eat three meals a day in China. But when I worked in hospitals before, my colleagues they don't eat lunch or they just eat something very small i had to be the one always to go to the cafeteria have a bake lunch and eat alone uh, is that common yes i would say so i mean again with
1: with no expertise just based on just my experience and i'm also very guilty of it um in especially i know breakfast is supposed to be a very important meal of the day i am very rarely hungry in the morning i like my coffee or my tea um and I don't usually eat until much later. I tend to eat later in the day. Um, And I definitely find that to be the case with a lot of people. We just don't prioritize it. And then we get, then by the time, you know, five o'clock hits, we're starving and we eat everything that we can find because we haven't been taking care of ourselves throughout the day. And that's the other, that's another part of, I was talking about this earlier, almost feeling like you're on a dimmer. Um, I don't do it as successfully anymore because... You know, when, you, when, you're low, when you're low on food and you're low on energy, it's like your body doesn't function the way it needs to and you start to feel it. It's just we have programmed ourselves, I think, um, to work, 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 work. We'll grab a power bar if we remember and um, we don't stop until we get home at the end of the day. It's just something that we have kind of programmed into our systems for some reason and now it's the norm. The idea of you stopping for a half an hour to sit to a nice big lunch it's almost like, well, wow, it's kind of like what I said before, wow, how luxurious of you. When it's not a luxury at all, it's basic. You're taking care of yourself in the most basic of ways. (laughs) Um, But for some reason, we just don't
0: prioritize it, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, exactly. Taking care of ourselves, it's such a big important concept isn't it mm-hmm. and sounds mm-hmm. sounds like not only the content of what you're eating like your vegan diet but also the the time of the day when you eat they all send signals to your body and you all receive signals back from the body about it always all day long
1: and I, it, it, it's, and you don't, I, I'm in no way, shape or form. As I said before, I'm in no shape, in no way an expert, but I just start to pay attention. And when you pay attention, um, your body's talking to you, it's telling you what it needs. If you just take the time to, to listen, it's just, I think that it's just the bothering to take the time to listen part that we, that we don't really make a priority, um, and I'm trying to do it. Again, this is not, I'm in, I, I'm by no means perfect. Um, many of my friends could attest to that, but I, um, I'm i trying to um, pay more attention and take care of myself first. Um, but it's its not so easy. I even see it in parents too. I, I myself am not a parent, but um, I have sisters who are parents. I have friends who are parents. And it's funny how, it's funny watching them make sure that their children Get the right amount of sleep so they're not cranky. Make sure that they're eating. Make sure that they get their breakfast, their lunch, their dinner. Making sure that they, they do all of those things that are the most basic of needs. But at the same time, watching them neglect themselves. Perhaps not eating because they're just too busy. They're running around. They're definitely not getting the sleep that they need. Um, it's just, it's not, we don't make ourselves a priority. And it's, it's fascinating to me why. I, I don't understand why.
0: That's so true. I definitely witnessed that a lot. And even myself, my my friends, my family around me, I do witness everyone a lot of time prioritize other people and instead mm-hmm. ourselves.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't seem to, it's not very helpful because if you're neglecting yourself, there will come a point where you burn out, where you're no longer helpful to those other people. Like you have to take care of, like what's that phrase, you know, always put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. Yes. You, you have to, in order to be um, in order to be successful in helping others, you, you kind of have to make sure you're functioning. (laughs) Right. Exactly. it's, uh, It's fascinating to see that, you know, not a lot of people prioritize that. And that's not an insult. That's not, that's not to, you know, insult anybody. I think that it's something that we've just kind of programmed into ourselves for some reason. And, um, Again, it's one of those things where we wear it almost like a badge of honor, like, you know, we're we're being selfless by helping others. It's, it's selfish to, I don't know, make sure that we take the time to get three square meals a day or, you know, get the amount of sleep that we need. But it's, it's just this is this is basic self-care.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like attitude. It's a mindset, what we really prioritize, and we do have control yeah. over it. And even though you mentioned you are not expert, but I think this m- kind of message and experience come from you who is not an expert in the field of nutrition or health or escape, right. anything. It's more valuable because you can do that. Everyone can do that. Right. We 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 can we are able to prioritize self-care if we can we, we all have the power to make some change to our lifestyle, how we think about things, how we do things, how we eat. Oh a hundred
1: percent and and there are ways to do it in it, it, there's a, you can do it in small ways, like you don 't have to go completely vegan tomorrow if you enjoy hamburgers in order to make a successful change in say your diet and your health because we all know that eating too much um, red meat for example is is really whether or not you um have a concern about animal welfare it 's you know not healthy it 's not good for you right to mm-hmm. eat too much of it so you know, you can do little things that kind of can be small steps in, in trying to listen to your body. Like when you do have certain cravings, okay, well, what, what do I really need? Why, why am I, why, just out of curiosity, why do I have this craving right now? Have I been getting enough sleep? Do I want chocolate because I'm super sleep deprived? Am I PMSing? If you're a woman um of that age who, who might get her period, um, you know, why? It, it's important to ask just to take a second to ask those questions because I think you can make a lot of self-discoveries. And um I am the first to admit I, I have the this is I have the luxury of being able to do this a little bit more than say my parent friends who have children to look after. I, I don't have that burden. Um, not that they're a burden. <laughs> I don't have children, so um I don't have to worry about that. But I think maybe trying to take small steps in um, in listening to yourself. So it doesn't seem so um, huge and unattainable would be the way to go. Like, you know, you don't suddenly have to go from getting, you know, five hours of sleep a night to I must get eight hours of sleep tonight. Might And, and, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. That might be hard for some people um, just based on their schedule and their lives and their jobs. So I don't know. I think small steps um, can also be super helpful in just, Trying to learn more about yourself at the end of the day that's what you're doing is you 're just learning what you need, and um, that can be very, very helpful in your overall health and how you interact with others too, your relationship with others and um, you know how you are able to you know be helpful to others in, in, um, in your life as well.
0: Yes, I really like that. It uh, makes me think about myself like the question you asked. Um, Sometimes, you know, I really crave Coke. And so sounds like I should be wondering what I'm really needing in that moment, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I noticed sometime when I'm more stressed out, or I have a lot to do, or even when I'm hungry, I will think about some sugar first. Oh, always, because it's,
1: it's delicious. And it's, you know... In- I, I get, I, I don't know if this is the case, but like I used to, I think of soda, um, like Coke, uh, et cetera. When I was growing up, um, that was something that we were, that my family and I enjoyed like with pizza that was, so I, it's automatically, I think even in my adulthood, soda is kind of like a, a comfort trigger. Cause it's something that I think I might associate with my childhood. I don't know this for a fact, but that is just how I grew up. Um, and now, um, Dr. Pepper is like my favorite soda, and I don't I don't keep soda in my in my house or in my apartment, rather. But um, whenever I go um, like on a hike with my with my boyfriend or something, I when we're like super like we know that we need you know energy. I'm like I really want a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I really want one. I really want one. Will you share one with me? Um, my body needs energy, and it's the easiest way to get it. It's sugar. It's pure sugar that you're just, you know, guzzling down. So, you know, it, it, is, it is interesting to like, you know, know, like to where we go, where we tend to go um, based on, I don't know, what is comfortable to us. You know, I think that that triggers a sense of comfort whenever I have a Dr. Pepper, because it's very rare, I am taken back to when I was a kid because he's my favorite soda to drink. Mm. Like I'm transported to my dance studio, weirdly enough, because I would go to the vending machine and I'd get a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, would like, silly, but I, I truly am. I, I'm being serious. Like it triggers that memory for me when I
0: have one. Right. Right. That's how, that's exactly how fascinating, how interesting our brain works. We, our brain yeah. beat up this kind of connection, right? For you, pizza yeah. connects with uh, calming, happy and Dr. Pepper uh, connects with happiness. And for me, like Chinese tea, Connect with calm, uh, relaxing, mm-hmm. and for a lot of people, sleep and bed uh, they are closely connected. So go to bed means, oh, I feel sleepy. It's relaxing. It's enjoyable. It's really nice experience. Yes. However, for people with insomnia, a bed is associated with anxiety and stress. That's how our brain builds. How how we can build and. Uh, uh, like break it and rebuild new connections. It's fascinating
1: to me and and how somebody with insomnia would look at a bed as anything other than something joyful that's heartbreaking that must be so frustrating to know that your body desperately needs something and not being able to give that to your body. I can't imagine what that must be like.
0: Yeah, actually, I see a lot of people. They can fall asleep in the couch, uh, anywhere else other than bed. But once they go to the bed, once they think about their bed, a lot of anxiety. It's really painful. I feel really sad for them too.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. And is there and and there's a your what you do is try to kind of find ways for them to um, not associate their bed with a negative. Place anymore in, in yeah. terms of being able to get or is it, just sleep wherever you can get it at this point because you're not getting it anywhere.
0: Right, right. So uh, that's why there are definitely um, treatments out there called CBT for insomnia, CBTI. Mm-hmm. Part of that is to help people with insomnia to rebuild this connection between bed and uh, um, relaxing happiness and peacefulness. So there's a way, you know, to break the old association. In our brain and rebuild a healthier and new one, just like your relationship with food. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. It takes some time, some practice, but it's doable. So there are a lot of hope. It can bring uh, good results if you keep trying. That's actually amazing. That's actually wonderful to hear, and it actually just triggered something in me because I do
1: remember very, very clearly that there was a point um, back when I did have an eating disorder um, that or when I had, when I was struggling with my anorexia back in my twenties, that the idea of ever being able to look at food as something positive seemed truly impossible. And I can't, Uh. I cannot overstate this enough. I, there was no, it seemed like an impossibility that I would ever look at food as anything other than a, a source of stress. Um, when I was in the room with food, um, it was constantly me, I was maybe had half of my mind on the conversation I was having with, an, with the other person. And the other half of my mind was, can I eat that food that's over there? How much of it should I eat if I eat any of it? How much should I work out tomorrow if I do eat that food? Um, how many calories do we think is in that food? Like the, all of those thoughts would be on my brain almost all day, <laughs> well, every single day, well, Yeah, it was exhausting. And, um, and it was very negative, because obviously, you know, anytime I was eating the food, it was how much of this should I eat? Um, You know, the all of those questions that I just stated. And I do remember thinking to myself, there's no way that this is ever going to get any better. It's impossible. There's no way I will be able to retrain my brain to actually think of this as anything other than horrible stress. And I did, it took time. But Um, something that I thought to be impossible was in fact, absolutely possible. Um, so for anybody who does suffer from insomnia, um, or, um, an eating disorder, I can, you know, very confidently say that it, it definitely is possible to retrain your brain and re and re kind of, um, retrain your body to look at things a little bit differently, um, it just takes, you know, it just takes a little bit of time and, you know, <laughs> deep breathing <laughs> in order to be able to yes. get there. Um, but it's ha- it's possible because I truly now can say that I don't, while I do have all of the normal um, and sometimes, you know, uh, abnormal, you know, views of my body, like that never goes away completely where you don't, you know, I don't have those times where I'm looking at my body and hating what I see or having those, you know, triggering feelings of guilt that that's still there, but it's m- much more muted it's much more in the distant part of my brain, and it is something that I'm much more able to release. I have the feeling, I allow the feeling, and I'm able to let
0: it go and go on with my day versus having it consume me. Um, so it is possible. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful that you share this, this personal experience and your you know, uh, successful story of retraining your brain, relink the food and joy and health, live a healthier lifestyle right now. I'm sure this is very encouraging to a lot of people who are listening to this. Oh, wonderful. I hope so. Great. So thank you so much, Christine, for uh, coming to the show, sharing all this with us. And uh, um, I'm just wondering if there, do you have a website or blog or anything to like? No, uh, it's funny. Uh It's funny that you should say that I was thinking um,
1: of starting uh, a website to kind of talk about journey with uh, vegan eating and eating disorder. So that's something that's in the future, hopefully. But you can find me on Instagram at not the shoes. Um, And I'm also on Facebook as well. And Twitter.
0: Great. (laughs) Great. Yes. Whatever you want to share with the audience, if they want to you know follow up with you ask more questions you can share those information with me i will put them on my website in the show notes so people can can find your information there wonderful that sounds great yeah great thank you again and it's such a nice conversation with you i learned a lot about uh night, you. your journey thank you oh thank you it was a joy hi hopefully you enjoyed the conversation just like christine said please listen to your body. Our body will send us signals to help us manage what's going on and what we need. Christine's information and other things we talk about today will all be on the show note at deepintosleep.co slash episode slash 008. Thank you for spending your time today listening to the episode. If you have any questions or suggestions to our show, please feel free to let me know at deepintosleep.co. I would love to hear from you. See you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep
1: quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.
0: or slash insomnia.